What odds would it take for you to play him in this race? 20, maybe 30 to one. The Kentucky Derby winner who's raced one time, it was in the Belmont and lost, and you need 30 to one. Right? I mean... I would need 150 to one. So there's that. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had advice on racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, Make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Gulfstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one side to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets, racingdudes.com, as good as it gets. What is up? I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halter. It's Thursday, August 18th, and this is Blinkers Off. What's up, man? What's up? Flying in on our, on our uh, Top Gun jet. Flying right into another uh, episode of Blinkers Off and, and got our uh, monster killers with us here with uh, uh, Stranger Things. So I'm, I'm good, man. Doing great. I'm having a better day than some. Not as good as others. You're home. You got that's it. We're 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 approved. I know that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I think there are others out there that have had a worse day than me. Okay, I I think that's safe. To, I think you know you have to. We'll just get right to it. I guess you know it has to be like just when you thought no one could hate, like the worst trainer in the world has to be Bob Baffert, and then Chad Brown's like, hang on, let's <laughs> see. So, yeah. Hold my beer, right? <laughs> and here we go. Got, and we I wake up. The, just... I got the Bob called Jill in and said, Jill, quick, 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 quick. Look at this. You, you got to see this. You got to see this. I'm number two all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like I, if you ran a poll, he would be more hated at this moment than Bob. I mean, it's bad. Not because I think the worst part has been like, there's been so much footage of him. You know what I mean? Like in court or, you know. Leaving court, being there, you know, the in handcuffs, you know, it's just like, holy shit, like, this is nuts. And then you start hearing the story about, you know, him going after this girl and strangling her. And it's just like, you, I could text you guys. I was like, if you didn't know, like, like for instance, like my parents, if I showed a picture of this guy, it was like, they'd probably assume he's just some rando, you know what I mean? That's from our hometown that, you know, like, got arrested for domestic abuse like no this is, happens to be one of the best turf trainers if not just trainers period of all time it's crazy like he lit he said and by the way I'm so, he's wearing like <laughs> he's wearing like slippers a pink floyd shirt and camo cargo shorts i mean who is this guy like who is it i i can't figure that out uh, I, I the, the like the dress and how he how he was dressed was just like wow like are you are you like eighteen and back in nineteen ninety like that's what it looked like 
So that was strange. Um, if you haven't uh, heard, yeah, uh, uh, Chad Brown got arrested. I forget what the official term was, basically for choking someone, but uh, obstruction of breathing or something like that, a misdemeanor, which I thought was interesting. Uh, kind of find out, we, we saw the statement from uh, the, the one that's accusing him of this. Basically, it's a on-again, off-again girlfriend that had a key to his place. So she goes over, presumably, uh, opens the door, and uh, he's with someone else. <laughs> so uh, evidently all hell broke loose, and uh, the alleged incident was Chad Brown pushed this uh, person down the stairs, uh, choked her and then threw her out the door. So um, we'll have to see his side of the story, I guess. But uh, immediately at first glance, yeah, that ain't good. That ain't good at all. I was just going scrolling through, seeing if there's any updates, and I saw David uh, David Grinning from DRF had reported a quote from uh, Peter Brandt. Of course, you know this is Peter Brandt that owns a ton of Chad's horses, and he's. Basically, he says he's a smart guy. He would not do that unless he was provoked. He obviously was just protecting himself. Unless it comes out that shit like a knife or dangerous weapon, I I don't see how that's gonna fly, right? Like, okay, if she had a gun or a knife, okay, but I think that would have been known today, right? I would think. I mean, he, I don't know. I, this is no matter what, though. The the you know, well, two things. One, the narrative is already set, and two, we won't think about it. Like it'll just be a joke in a couple months. So he's not because we know horse race is not going to do shit about it. It doesn't seem like that's gonna. That's the case. It doesn't seem like horse racing is going to do much about it. There was no comment about that uh, today. I, I guess by the letter of the law, it's a misdemeanor. So I don't know, like, I'm, I'm sure other trainers, jockeys, people on the backside have had misdemeanors, right? That's the thing that was kind of odd to me. Don't you think that, that's odd that that was labeled that? I mean, that seems like a pretty serious uh, offense and an allegation. And it's like, oh, it's just a misdemeanor. Well, yeah, the way it was worded, like you said, it was weird. It was like, it wasn't like, unless it's been up, I don't know. I haven't seen, unless it's been like up to a domestic type you know like abuse it, it was it was had some weird label to it like like you said limiting breathing capacity or something it was like something totally weird that feels like you could get to like a fat kid sit on someone's chest you know yeah i know <laughs> like, no like he kicked her down or pushed her downstairs supposedly and choked her that seems a little bit more intense than what uh obstruction of breathing that's the word so like let me let me throw it to you like this all the stories we've heard from people that i'm not going to repeat because it's all hearsay and we don't know if it's true or not but forget about what happened today but kind of what we've heard about him how he handles his business how he may treat other people we'll say were you surprised by any of this no 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 honestly yeah, there's like I can't, there's only so I there's only so much I probably can uh, can elaborate to that comment, but I just yeah when I saw it I was like not necessarily like totally shocked. That now I was hoping obviously it wouldn't we would never have that happen because I mean shit that's uh, 
I think the, the the part about this that just is so mind blowing to me is just the fact that it's like, well, I mean, obviously he's an amazing trainer, amazing on turf, but gosh, this year has he had a better stock of three year olds on the dirt? I mean, we were talking about how many horses he has and how many he's going to have the Travers, which we'll talk about a little bit here in a sec. It, it just see like you wouldn't. Even if like he showed up in court, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. If he showed up in court, like he was all you know in a suit and he was very like he had a couple lawyers with him, you know, Bob Baffert ish, you know, just very like presentable. But it's like, dude, you don't even look like a, the guy that has Zandon or you know or early but who name a horse. I mean, it just it just blows your mind. It is this I can't piece this guy with that guy. I agree. And you know what? Another thing that was weird that uh, they had the footage of him leaving like the courthouse and I'm, I'm watching. I'm like, that's like, that looks like downtown. That's weird. And so I look it up. The courthouse is on the main street. Did you know that? Uh, no, I mean, I, it looked like it, like I said, but I didn't know that. Yeah, no. But could you imagine like, you know, you're, you went to go get a coffee, you know, before the races, just ch- chilling out maybe doing a little shopping or whatever. And you like you're walking, you're like, is that Chad Brown with like cameras in his face? Like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and it's like, is that the courthouse? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, and and I and I think to a little bit to what Truth Exposed, what you, what she's it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, like again, like I said, like we don't know exactly what happened. We just know what stories are being told. My point is, and that will let it all play out, obviously. But my point is, like, I just can't quite figure out how these two people, like if you're this guy that's training these horses and you have like, you are literally, I mean, he's in, he's a handful of like three or four guys in training that go hand in hand with horse racing. And if you have that guy, you, you can't even be associated with an incident like this, whether you are defending yourself by pushing, you know, the fact that you have an ex-girlfriend that's great, you know, whatever happened, I don't know, but you know what I mean? Like, I just don't, something there needs to be some sort of life altering situation like i feel like someone close to him in his life decisions maybe needs to have some sort of like whether this was how it played out or not you need to take yourself out of these situations and it just seems like you're it just seems like it's all kind of surrounding him in in his personal life a couple of a couple of rules to kind of, or lessons to learn for, for all of us out there. Well, maybe not all of us, but people that need to hear this. Um, you, you probably shouldn't get involved with people you work with. And I think he has a habit of doing that. Number one. And uh, number two, he probably, if you are somebody of note, don't be so sloppy, right? Don't be so sloppy. Yeah. And I think both of those things, probably something he's gotten away with for a long time. Um, and it's just more of backstretch rumor and talk within racing. And that sloppiness finally caught off, caught up with him in this spot. Right. I mean, that, that's what it is to me. It's like, I, I don't necessarily think like, well, I'm not even gonna say that cause I don't really know what happened. I don't know what happened, but the, the if you just aren't so darn sloppy and you kind of just stay away from the help, it might help your situation a lot. Yeah. And that's, I think that's, that's like the bottom line. I mean, if say what you want about, uh, 
Bob Baffert and all the things that he's been, you know, had been gone through. But dude handled the shit, man. Like he did it. They handled it as best. They, like it was under the radar as much as possible. Like they handled it as much as you possibly could. The most like you knew that that's effing Bob Baffert handling this as his team. This seems like we know thousands of people, you know what I mean, that, that are trying to get in horse racing. The, the, the personal stuff that surrounds this guy. Would you would if someone something like that happened to one of the guys we know, you know, these randoms that are just starting or whatever have two horses, you're like, oh yeah, of course. Like that doesn't surprise, but this doesn't go with, like you said, handle your shit a little bit more. So yeah, it's just it's just weird. It's crazy. You you can't operate a sloppy shop when you're when you're like that big, right? And especially, uh, like I said, if it was like a, a smaller trainer, it wouldn't even be a story. Uh, in some regard, it would be a story, but we wouldn't be talking about. You know, right. Well, um, somehow we found a way to make Bob Baffert the good guy in horse racing. So congrats to that. And thank you, Chad Brown, for that. We'll see how that plays out. Speaking of Chad Brown, I, and that's the other thing we're going to find out. I mean, obviously, Chad Brown has, you know, any any turf stakes race, basically, especially grade one turf uh, at Saratoga. He's got 10 horses in the race, seems like at least two or three. Um, obviously, got the Travers coming up next weekend where he's got two or three in the race so like we'll see how this plays out what kind of what are they what kind of action is going to be taken if at all how long is this going to take you know to handle that we'll see but as of now this is the way it's going to shake out so let's talk a little bit about that travers another probable list came out today i think it's nine now let's uh, see one two three four five six seven eight yeah nine so ain't life grand our boy ain't life grand cannot wait to to uh Go watch him do that. Artorius, Chad Brown, Charge It, Cyberknife, Early Voting, Epicenter, Gilded Age, Rich Strike, and Zandon. So, yeah, three Chad Browns in the race. Um, thoughts, Halterman? I mean, this field, not, it's nine horses and no offense to Gilded Age. If you, Other than him, every single horse is, is coming into this race off of massive type wins and setups and derby winners and preakness winners and i mean the list goes and if o'donagh was healthy we'd have belmont winners it would it's it's just it's an unbelievable lineup kind of feels like we talked about it all year where it's like we still don't have, know really who's best because the th- you know the three-year-old circuit or the triple crown was such a mess this is certainly going to help get some answers right Oh, absolutely. This is the, this is the field we want. And like I said, a, a field of nine and you got everybody but the Belmont winner and he would be here, but he's injured. So uh, it, it just feels like this is going to be fantastic in every way. And we have our special rooting interests as well uh, with Ain't Life Grand that makes it even uh, more special for us. So this is a fantastic Travers. I know last year we had a Cinchiquelli, that headline horse, and he was going to be really, really tough to beat. Where this year, man, uh, you know, Epicenter is going to be the favorite, but there's there's a ton of different ways you can go here. Uh, there's opportunities, and, and I think it's just going to be a, a fascinating race. Uh, I hope we can go short in other races, and I think you need to go deep in this race. So the way it's going to set up right now, this this looks like it's going to be a, a real classic. I mean, you just, you just go through the field, you know. Uh, you know, Ain't Life Grand uh, uh, or Iowa Derby winner, Artorias, the Curlin winner, Charge It, you know, you can, uh, Dwyer winner, I guess, for him, Haskell winner for Cyberknife, Early Voting, the Preakness winner, Epicenter, Jim Dandy winner, you know, 
Rich Strike, of course, the Derby winner, Zandon, the Bluegrass. I mean, the, it's like you don't. Uh, this has got to. This is one of the more deeper uh, Travers that I can remember. That in terms of just top to bottom, spread out, and whether you like a horse, you know, like Rich Strike or not, he adds this total element of you have no idea what you're going to get out of him, and he is, and you can't take it away from him. The Derby winner, and so the fact that you're. I, I wondered the, uh, the other day, I was wondering, like, what do you think the highest odds of a Derby winner in the Travers has been? Like, is you know what I mean? Like, I got to think that Rich Strike is going to be one of the higher higher priced Derby winners in the Travers. Well, that's a great question. I have no idea off the top of my head what the answer of, uh, of that would be. Um, yeah, he's going to be double digits. Um, I'm sure there's probably a Derby winner or two that has been. Um I can't think of it off the top of my head. I mean, he, he really, in all honesty, he needs to be 15, 20 to one in this field. He really does. Um, and I, I don't know that he'll, like the reality of it will be that he will be that price, but you know, he needs to definitely be a, a double digit priced uh, against this group for sure. And other than the Kentucky Derby, he has absolutely zero races uh, that make any sense for him to win uh, a race like this and beat these horses. Uh, it, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, the, the race today. The uh, uh, I think it was a fourth race with Mexican wonder boy. He was in there with horses that had been really juiced up buyers the last couple of times, but they had no other races on their past performances that said they could compete with him. That's kind of like good strike. He just doesn't have any races other than that Derby that say he can compete. So I, He's gotta. He's. I don't know what your the answer to the question is, but it's. It, he's got to be one of the highest priced ones ever. Yeah, I text John. We'll see if he gives us an answer before the show ends. <laughs> but who are you leaning at? I mean, because I know that for me, I've. Got, it was like okay, I charge this pointing to the Travers. Cannot wait to play him. Like he's so raw, he'll love that distance. And then Atorius showed up, and I'm like, damn, I really think he's he's the goods. I think he'll be really tough to beat epicenter did his thing in the gym danny so i'm like yeah you know maybe he's maybe i'm overthinking it maybe he just is the best three-year-old where have you got any idea obviously we've started the travers uh guide already we're kind of kind of the pre-stages of it but where are you are you leaning towards anyone right now are you still just going to see you know how uh maybe the work or the the draw or whatever It, it it reminds me a lot of the derby and how we came into that Epicenter looks like the Travers winner, right? Yeah, he does. But he also, at the back of your mind, you're like, I'm just not sure how good he is. And I think a really good performance can beat him, like the Preakness, like the Derby. Uh, or he just got beat by good performances. Uh, he's the best horse overall. It's Artorias. Can he jump up in class, charge it? Can he stretch out in distance? You know, he has been brilliant around one turn, but. His two-turn races have left a lot to be desired. Even if you want to throw out the uh, Kentucky Derby, which is fine. I I, I, t- I throw it out for sure. Look at his Florida Derby. Look at the horses that, you know, the horse, I should say, that beat him. Look how he's come back. He's not very good. Why to Barrio, I'm talking about. Look at the horse mm-hmm. that finished third in that. Simplification, he's not very good. So what I'm saying is, if he's not great around two turns, he's not going to win this race. And so, but if he can if he's like more ready for the challenge now that he's a little more seasoned and, and the spacing's a little better for him, he could dominate. So 
it's a lot of question marks. I lean Epicenter at this point, but he certainly is the boring pick. Yeah, Epicenter, I just feel like is... He, it, it, you, you nailed it. It's exactly like the Derby where you're like, I could pick up a center, but I just have a feeling he might run second. Like I, you can, I think you can count him for sure. He'll, he, he's been very steady um, to make his run, but could, you know, cause like could a freak performance by, you know, a Taurus, we don't know what he is really yet. Um, we don't know what charge it is really yet. So like, could one of those horses run huge? Sure. I think they could. And how, and what and how, and what is Cyberknife? You know, like if he goes and wins this, like you go, you go from kind of being like it was all Taba, and then of course he upsets the, the Haskell Cyberknife wins that, and then if he goes and wins this, it's like, dude, I mean, talk about throwing your name in the hat. You win the Haskell Travers, um, which I don't think is out of question. I mean, Cyberknife is certainly coming into his own. So yeah, the, that this race is incredible. Obviously, can't wait for this thing to draw. We'll be on it all over it. Um, a couple other races, you know, are just it's just it's just wide open. I mean, the Boston Spa, it's got fluffy socks, high opinion, Lamistra, uh, technical analysis. There's a bunch of uh, possibles in the Jerkins. We get to see uh, Jack Christopher cut back to a distance uh, he belongs at, where he excels at. But he's got a few in there, uh, you know, that he's going. You know, that Conagher is, is no, he's he's fast. He's very fast. That's the horse um, that came back after losing to our boy, Eight Life Grand and Al Derby. Came back sprinting, was really fast, really good. Credit of actuator. So you get to see Jack Christopher back, how he rebounded. And then that turf race, the Sword Dancer, which is a Breeders' Cup winner in. Uh, Aid O'Brien sitting over Broom. How about that? The horse that ran uh, second in uh, the Breeders' Cup. Uh, so Aiden obviously showing his hand here with maybe trying to get this horse back into that race. Um, for this year's Breeders' Cup. So Broom's coming over. Of course, you got Ahadmo, Gafo, and Rock Emperor, Trubuvan, Channel, uh, Channel Maker, Mira Mission. So you got to, and then the, the personal instant, probably going to be another short field. Let's just get that out of the way. But you get Clarier, Crazy Beautiful, Latruska, and Malathot. Really, all you care about is Malathot, Clarier, Latruska. What is Latruska coming back? Can Clarier continue to do her thing? So, Bunch of these divisions, Jackie's Warrior, by the way, versus Speaker's Corner and the Forgo. Um, it, it's going to be an unbelievable day of racing. Uh, I'll, I'll, two comments on all of it there. Uh, if Broom is any kind of horse, he will dominate these turf horses over here. Um, so if he comes up uh, over here, I mean, this division's been pretty weak. I think he should he should dominate him. Like I said, I want to go back to Cyberknife. This Haskell's Travers double is extremely difficult extremely difficult it's only happened three times uh the last time it happened was point given and not all horses try it every year so that's part of it but there's been some good ones that have not been able to get it done american feral being one of them that's really hard to do so yeah if he wins that if he wins uh, next saturday he's a i mean he's he's turned into a beast yeah the thing is about it's like it, it, it the way he would do it too is like, of course, Pharaoh had had. I'll use him as an example. Had the, you know, the target on his back directly for both races, and we saw what happened to the Travers. It cost him the Travers by that whole reason. Them going after him a little bit, um, frosted if that is, and of course, Keen Ice ran him down. But uh, Cybernav is totally under the radar, right? He's under the radar going into the Haskell wins that, and then in this race, he's a totally, you know, he's 
if you're looking at this field, he's like the fifth horse you're mentioning. You know what I mean? Like, so he's a nut. So he kind of could go. He would not only would he win both of them, but he would win them both by just never really you having the thought about him. You know? Yep. And what would it say if he runs like eighth? What would it, what does it say about Taba? And, it you says know, a lot of things. It says some bad things. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's just it, right? I'm kind of hoping he runs well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Cyberdeath certainly is a horse that, even if he doesn't win and runs a good second or third in one of these, you know, one of these horses' freaks and whatever, like, it's it, you're going to see a handful. Over-under, early over-under, three. Uh Three and a half. I'll give it. Make this tough. On how many of these three year olds are going to run in the classic? Um, I'm reading them off one by one in my head. I'll go under that three and a half. I think. I think it might be. Three. Might be three. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's a tough one. Seems like Charge it definitely Cyberknife Epicenter. I'm not convinced Charge it won't be in the mile, but. He also, if he can win this, he'll be in the classic. Right. Whoever wins this is definitely that that yeah. horse. Epicenter will be there. Cyberknife, maybe Zandon, and then you know one's going to probably get injured, and one might decide, "Nah, I'm not going to do that." You know, we'll see. All right. So yeah, next week's Travers. That's right. It's next week. It's not this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. People that thought it was this weekend or. High. Um, but no, it's uh next weekend, and of course the dudes will be there, so cannot wait to be back at the Travers. I'm making the Travers kind of an annual thing, trying to, anyways. We we go do it, you know, we go into a few of them. All right, today's show, we're gonna preview and give picks for Saturday's six hundred thousand dollar Alabama stakes uh at Saratoga Nest Secret Oath. Do the, the rubber could we consider this a rubber match? I mean it is, but do we think this is gonna any is any question we'll see nest is in there secret oath nest obviously got just dominated secret oath last time out in the cca oaks and then we're gonna do some rapid fire selections for some of the remaining major stakes races this weekend at del mar mammoth park that's right we get some mammoth action in there and saratoga let's go they're off in the Alabama. Saturday at the Spa Race 10, the Grade 1 Alabama Stakes, 600K for Phillies, three-year-olds going a mile and a quarter. Field of seven lines up for this one, and there were talks that Ness might go for the Travers. Obviously, not the case, because we see you're in here, the four-horse, your one-to-two favorite uh, in the Alabama versus gerrymander and secret oath so gerrymander kind of the quote-unquote new shooter and and trying to try to upset a nest here we kind of feel like i feel like secret oath you know d wayne in typical d wayne fashion has said he, she's doing his best the best she's ever done with him so we'll see but now now they're in even more nest wheelhouse at this distance so i is there any way she can get beat I mean, yeah, it's racing, and and you can lose. And sometimes when they're too good to be true, that's when they lose. You know, uh, John taught me that a long time ago. Sometimes when they, oh, it's like oh, there's no way they can lose. That's when they do. How she gets beat is is pretty simple. She's going to have to bounce big time off of uh, that effort, and I don't think she will. I want to make that very clear. I think she's a single. But if she bounces, if she doesn't run all that well, 
uh, Secret Oath, Gerrymander, those two horses can can beat her. Um, when I did the preview, I, I, I said, oh, well, I'll try to throw Gerrymander in there for second, kind of get a, a little bit higher of a price. I was shocked to see that that horse is the second choice and Secret Oath is the third choice. That's uh, uh, interesting. It, it could very well be the case, but I, I did not think that would happen. Um, but no, end of the day, Nest, all she has to do is show up and run a race and I, they can't beat her in the spot. And you hit the nail on the head. When we went into the Coaching Club American Oaks, I picked Ness, so did you. But we both said, you know, mile on eighth, if anybody, if Secret Oath's going to get her, it's going to be here because there's no way Nest is going to beat her or, or anybody's going to beat Nest at a mile and a quarter. No way. She, right. won the, she won the Coaching Club by 12, and now we're in a race where she said, oh, she'll even be even better than Alabama. So if that comes to fruition, this race is is going to be a blowout. Yeah, I just, she, I, I just don't see how off of that CC. I, I don't know. Like I just haven't seen enough since that Kentucky Oaks from Secret Oath that tells me this horse is able. I mean, it's like I, she just got she got manhandled in the Preakness. She got manhandled in the CCA Oaks. The horse that beat her in the CCA Oaks. I mean, she ran second. But the horse that beat her in the CCA Oaks, damn near won the Belmont, the Belmont. And then, you know, so it's like, I just just think she got the best of her that day, you know, maybe a better trip, whatever, in the Oaks to to upset her. But going this distance, I mean, come on. Ness was on cruise control and and still, like, he never, Ira never even asked anything of her in that race. I mean, it was the most (laughs) amazing performance when you, you're like, oh, here we go. Here's the matchup. And you're like, oh, they aren't doing anything on Nest right now. He's just riding her. It's over. And so you didn't even try. And so I think that's the biggest thing. You know, Pletcher has mentioned a little bit of like, anytime you have a big performance like that, it's tough to run them. You know, you don't know how much, how well or, you know, what they're going to do. But he, he has expressed that she's doing great and doesn't think that's going to happen. Um, and even if she does bounce a little bit, Let's just say that for a second. If she does bounce a bit, it's still going to take a career number from Secret Oath. It's still going to take a career number by Gerrymander to beat her, you know, because if she does bounce, I don't expect it to be a huge bounce. Gerrymander is interesting, but she's never ran anywhere near this far, you know, and so what will she do going this long? She looked really good in the Mother Goose, but that was only a mile 16th. That course, that was her stretching out, and she ran one of her best races, if not the the best race so you could argue her going longer is interesting for sure but maybe for second i just i i thought nest was interesting if she wanted to enter into the traverse so i've got to pick her here right <laughs> in that regard if nest wins and she earns a, a a speed figure that's higher than anybody in the traverse let's say which is not far-fetched because she did that in the coaching club uh, if not higher, right on par with everybody that's that's been running. I mean, at what point do you try to think about the boys? Is it next year, or do you think about the Breeders' Cup? I mean, it's it it's hard to pass a distaff where you're going to be the favorite, I guess. But at what point do you do you give it a shot? Because right now, like if she repeats that kind of coaching club, or it's just a, a like a joke of a race, th- there's nowhere else for her to tackle these three year old fillies. No. I mean, at this point, if you go, if you win this, like we expect her to win, I mean, what do you do? Do you run her like in the uh, 
what is that? Uh, what's the race, the Pennsylvania Derby Day? The oh, the Cotillion. Yeah. Cotillion, runner the Cotillion as like a, a warm up, basically, and then go to the distaff. I guess I don't know. I mean, you just basically try to get her to the distaff at this point, which is nothing. I don't. Th- I don't think you can get it. I personally, and I'm the biggest advocate anytime there's ever a good Philly or, you know, whatever. It's like runner against the boys. I just don't think you do that here. I just, I don't think you go to the classic with her. The the one thing she has going for her that a lot of these horses that try that don't have is the distance. She should, and it has been better going that long distance. I mean, Knowing what I know about her now and how good she is, boy, that Belmont, she could have had it. Uh, so, yeah. you know, I think they, they've learned, hey, get her out there, keep, keep her out of trouble, and just let her get the jump on them and let her let her just go kill them, basically. And I, I just think if she entered, I don't think she'd embarrass herself. Now, a lot of it's going to depend on how's flight line look, how's, uh, you know, life is good look coming into that race. And I'm with you. I think the distaff, I wouldn't be surprised if they try distaff and then maybe try the Pegasus next year with this horse uh, if she's doing well. Maybe that's a spot for it. But listen, she's got to win uh, the Alabama first before any of this. She sure, certainly should. Um, and like I said, it, it, it's just hard to back anybody else in the spot. You, I mean, of course, different circumstances, of course. Um, you know, a horse that didn't even start till she was four. But even Zenyatta, they didn't attempt anything crazy until they did right you know they went to distaff first they did that thing and then you kind of worked your way there so i think if you're chat or if you're chad if you're pletcher um sorry chad on the mind uh i think i think if, you, if you're pletcher you've it's not like you don't have options as far as the males go right you've got yeah. life is good going there and you got you've got three-year-olds right that um so you, you don't have to send her there um go win the go win the distaff there's nothing yeah. wrong with that and then i don't i don't mind your idea it's like okay if she if she wins that like she would if you think she's running the classic um yeah i mean go see what she does in the pegasus well it's it, it's like what people were, were, were clamoring for the travers and i agree like as far as being competitive in that race yeah i, I think she definitely could have. maybe she could have won it but it's hard to say no to a grade one where you're going to be one to nine. I guess kept saying that over and over and she's one to two on the morning line. Maybe she doesn't get to one to nine, but she's probably going to be one to five. Uh, it, it's hard to say no to a grade one race when you're like that and say she does what we think she's going to do. She goes into that distaff. It's hard to say no to a multi-million dollar grade one distaff when you're going to be the favorite. Mm-hmm. So I don't blame them one bit. Especially when you just don't know. I mean, I, I we do have you know what if flight line, um, you know romps in the Pacific Classic, you know, and what if and all of a sudden you're like, golly, we got to beat flight line, we got to beat life is good, we got to beat, uh, you know, hot rod, we got to beat the winner of the Travers, whoever you know, whoever comes, you know what I mean? Like it just becomes very, very tall task, uh, where it's like, or we could go win the distaff. You- you got to be clear air in the distaff. <laughs> yeah, and we'll see what happens on the same day, right? Who kind of emerges out of that pack in terms of who, you know, I, I did the distaff rankings, the first distaff rankings, and I have Ness number one, and, and I think for good reason. Um, after And clear air second, but, at, you know, really the whole, the whole, all those are a mess, or, you know, who's, how good are they, you know, in terms of, you know, Latruska, she's very hit or miss. We'll see what she does here, but 
I just think considering what we have right now in the, in the Philly department the mayor department, she would be tough to beat. If assuming she keeps this, this class level. Um, all right. Enough about the future. Anything. If she were to get beat, I kind of, you kind of talked about secret oath and talked about gerrymander. If she were to get beat big, if huge, if, but if there's an upset looming, is it gerrymander? That's your horse. Yeah, I, I do think it's gerrymander. Um, I, I think it's just we saw what happened to Secret Oath. And I think I Lucas can say what he wants. She's doing great. He's always going to say hey, they're doing great coming into a race. I just, I don't know. I think we've seen the best of her. I don't think she's going to get much better than what we've seen. Um, I think she's going to try to slingshot him this time and, and kind of take her back in a regular size field or a more regular size field and try to get the jump on him uh, like she did in the Oaks. I just don't think that's going to work. Gerrymander, she's kind of one that may be progressing and maybe could jump up and run a better race than she has yet. Uh, that last race uh, at Belmont was pretty solid. I don't think there's much of a chance that Ness is going to get upset, but if, if somebody is going to do it, Gerrymander, to me, makes the most sense. Uh, I, I just It's hard for me to say, well, Secret Oath is going to make up 12 and a half on her today. Uh, you know, so yeah, gerrymander for me, uh, is for the potential upset, but I, I think it's a very low uh, probability. Yeah. I mean, gerrymander, I think the whole is if she, if, if she runs that race, like she did in the mother goose, definitely. Um, I think if you're trying to play against all the other ones, like if you're trying to play against secret, secret oath, um, and gerrymander, you know, being the low odds, like, I, I don't think that nostalgic has no chance to finish second. Yeah. Right. Like she could, she obviously has been a horse that likes to go long, been running a lot of mile and eighth races, um, stretching out here, of course, but a horse that kind of just does her thing late. She had, she was off a little bit of a layoff that last race in the CCAO kind of up against it that day. Of course, maybe she improves a, a touch to where she can be a horse that gets into to second. Of course, I like the fact that Jose Ortiz is back aboard her, um, here as well. So, I mean, like, I, I, I don't like it's, not saying that she can win, but it's like a mile back and maybe she gets second at 12 to one versus getting second at, you know, seven to two or three to one, whoever these horses are going to be. She has the breeding. There's no doubt. And yeah, she has a win at a mile and an eighth. And I do, I do think she looks like, uh, you know, physically she looks like a mile and a quarter type. She's an odd one. She either wins pretty easily or gets absolutely trounced, uh, you know, kind of one of those odd horses like that. I would lean more towards absolutely trounced against this field, but I'm with you. She does kind of have the, if they like, you know, they try to challenge Ness and they, they and Ness kind of fins them off and they stop a little bit. Oh, this horse is probably going to be out of it anyway. And just going to try to pass tired horses. The one negative I have, well, there's a lot of negatives, but the one I can't get out of my <laughs> mind, secret oath was done in the coaching club. She was dying for the wire. She totally quit. <laughs> that's, and the that's could get... not pass her. And I thought right there, it's like, well, there's nothing behind Secret Oath in this race. I mean, you could very easily just play another nest over Secret Oath because you could argue that, you know, gerrymander won't like going this long, you know, trying to get tired, obviously, up against a horse like Nest. Um, I don't know what the hell she's Keen's doing in the race, but I guess maybe some some pace presence, but she's going to – She's gonna see she's gonna see the light real fast in this one whenever she's trying to go after nest um or nest after her or however that works. But yeah, I I just you kind of you could you could you could make a case that Jerry Manor doesn't like this distance, especially going up against Nest. 
and secret oath just kind of like okay i'll get second again you know mm-hmm. um if nostalgic yeah like you said is just not very good so all right i think we've we've talked this one into the ground nest i don't think there's anything crazy to say here we both think i think we all think nest is going to win the 2022 alabama uh john is is working diligently on the del mar card but he is listening so hello john thank you for listening um he said he did give me credit for being a great question so i appreciate that but he does not know the answer off the top of his head but i'm guessing i will get an answer at some point the problem, the problem is, there's no way to know that off the top of your head. It's too good of a question for most people, but not John White. Well, he even he's like, I don't like, I don't know. Well, you know, it's a good question if John White if John White's it, like, I don't know. It's too, it's too specific of a question, right? It's like if it, it was like who had the highest odds of the Travers. It's like, well, that may be like a question somebody might know, but it's like, what Kentucky Derby winner had the highest? odds in the travers like that's <laughs> tough to just pull out of your ass well and i don't know that that li- there and again off the, off the top of my head I, I don't know that there's a huge list not a massive massive list of derby winners that ran in the travers i mean yeah it, especially recently it seems like the the derby winners haven't done a whole lot uh not all of them in recent years but well we've had a lot of them that are kind of been weird uh, but you got horses way. like you know, um, well, yeah, in recent for sure. You know, Pharaoh, of course, was done after the Belmont, and or not I me. Mean, I'm sorry, Justify was done after the Belmont. Pharaoh, you know, got he did run in this race, but he got beat. Then you've got horses like, uh, oh, what's the horse I'm thinking of? Um, well, I mean, well, the DQ, yeah, um, Country House, Country House, never ran, obviously. Medina Spirit, uh, never um you know so it's it's amazing from may to august how the the scene changes changes. yeah Yeah. i know completely and so yeah i I don't i want to say i i want to say i saw uh the guys over at real dynasty tweet out that that was it always dreaming was the last Derby winner to run in the Travers, but i might be completely wrong on that hold on i'm gonna pull this up so rich strike uh medina spirit authentic uh okay so forget about rich strike but medina spirit authentic country house justify none of those did um always dreaming did sort of he was terrible in that race uh nyquist did not uh california chrome did not of course american pharaoh did orb i think orb was in the travers yeah he was in the travers uh i'll have another obviously hurt did not animal kingdom did not super saver i can't remember if he was in it or not but yeah i mean we're going back now and it's like yeah none of these uh mind that bird i don't believe did um mm-hmm. big brown i don't believe did no um yeah so, so that's got i mean i mean you gotta think that so i think i started thinking of huge upsets in the derby obviously we have not seen one like rich strike and so it, I think it takes a lot. You're, ta- you're talking about a horse like that to actually make even make it to the Travers to be heard of again. That makes a huge upset. And then what are their odds? So, um, you know, Rich Strike has to be one of the, if not the highest. I mean, we don't know what he's going to go off at, but I would think he's every bit of 10, 15 to 1, right? 
Yeah, so this so just for reference, as you were talking, I was looking. Super Saver did run in the in the Travers. It was his last race. He was coming off an eighth place effort in the Preakness and a fourth place effort in the Haskell, and then he came to the Travers. and And I remember that the Preakness, he was a no show. The Haskell, he got ass, he got his ass kicked by looking at Lucky. I was there that day. It was actually the first Haskell I ever went to. Um, he was seven to one in the Travers. Super Saver? Yes. Dude. Rich Strike has to be double that price, I would think. Yeah. Um, see if I can find some other... Yeah, I, I don't... There really hasn't been very many as I look through this. Especially the last 15 years. Wow. Anyway, okay. Let's see what Orb was, just out of the out of curiosity here. I know this is great radio. Orb was three to one, and he had he was coming in off of uh, a loss in the Preakness, and of course, lost in the Belmont. He was still three to one. I mean, he's going to be the highest in the last thirty years for sure. Just looking at this list, easily, and he should be. Hmm. No, I agree. I guess if you like him, you're you're finally gonna get him at a price that he should be at. Like a horse like uh, Giacomo, the big price, he did not run in the Travers. A horse like Mind That Bird did not run in the Travers. So, you know, those are ones that that could have approached what Rich Strike's gonna be. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's this is gonna be wild. What was Always Dreaming? Remember, Always Dreaming was horrible in the Jim Dandy. Um, let's see. He was coming into the race off of an eighth in the Preakness and a third in the Jim Dandy and always dreaming for the Travers was six to one. So there you go. Six to one, seven to one for the always dreaming super saber crowd. They had Todd Pletcher on their side as far as betting goes, you know, so I got to think he's 15 to 10, 10 to 12 to 15 to one in this race. Yeah. And 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 Rich Strike, what was he like eight or something in in the in the uh, Belmont? I mean, how many people? How many? How many people? How many horses ran? <laughs> no, uh, right. He was sixth. So he, beat, uh, he did beat Barber Road and Golden Glider. So he's six out of eight. We're shoddy when you need her, Barber Road. But you know, I mean, he, I just don't see any way that he's he's. Any lower than ten to one, and I think I'm not even I'm not interested in playing him at all. But uh, you, you, he's got to be. If you look at when you look at those numbers, he certainly is not in that crowd. So he's got to be all fifteen to one plus in order to even approach playing him. In my opinion, well, let me ask you something, and, and we're got we're getting off of this. Well, this is we're, we need we need to go to something else. But what odds would it take? for you to play him in this race 20 maybe 30 to one the kentucky derby winner who's raced one time it was in the belmont and lost and you need 30 to one right i mean i would need 150 to one so there's that (laughs) it's great yeah and that it's nuts And, and again a lot of people got mad at Samich when he said some some similar stuff at the Belmont. It's like, 
No, you you can't give anybody hell for that. It's their own personal thought of of what odds they would play a horse at. This is not really. I hate the horse, you know, and I think he sucks. It's okay. Yeah. I have ten dollars. What price would I need? Well, my own. I, you can't argue with it. That's my opinion and my you know thought on what I would play him at. You don't know what I would play him at more than I would. Yeah, right? there's no wrong. There's no wrong answer in that equation because it's my it's my theory. It's my it's my right. opinion. So if your answer is twenty and mine is hundred and fifty, they're both. <laughs> There's no arguing either one of them because you don't know. I don't know more than you what you would play him at, right? So exactly, yeah. Don't don't talk shit about who I would play him at, right? That's personally what I would play the horse at. 150 to one, I would lay down ten dollars to win on him. <laughs> Why did you do it in the Derby? I, he wasn't. He needed to be three thousand <laughs> to one before I would have played him in the Derby. That's what people are are just not people that are listening, but like people were like, "How did you miss him?" It's like you don't. He was I, didn't, I forgot he was in the race. Sixty to one is a terrible price on him in the Derby. Terrible. Yeah. He needed to be three thousand to one to play him in that race. I didn't play him because I legit forgot he was in the race. That's why I didn't play him. I'll take it further. I didn't care he was in the race. He played no factor in it. None. None whatsoever. He it not it's like it wasn't even like he was a speed presence at all. So right. like he's just he just never even gonna you're never gonna see him. Right. He's gonna drop to last and you'll never see him. Exactly. <laughs> and you saw him. So people are like, why didn't you analyze it more? It's like, what do you want? What do you want me to write? If I would have wrote, he has no chance to win the race. Would you have you played him off of that? I mean, there was nothing to analyze. <sighs> okay, I, I I do want to bring up this comment because I I was thinking about this too the other day. Is okay. We've seen what Richie can do when he feel. We're calling Richie Striker, I guess. Yeah. Uh, if that horse gets squirrely, he might run. Um, okay, so. And I don't think that's going to happen, but didn't think he would do that in the Derby either. So what does it say if he were to win this Travers? Are, is it because the, the other part is like, how did he beat Epicenter? How did he beat Zandon? That, how, you know, how in this case, how does he beat Charge It? How does he, you know, just the list goes on and on. So if he were to, what does it say more about him or say more about this crowd? I think it says a lot more about him because this crop is not bad. We've seen a lot of good performances from this crop. Yeah. So uh, to me, it would just say he's a, just a horse that runs when he wants, I guess. But the weirdest thing about it, he's like an afterthought for everybody all of a sudden. But if he was to win the Travers, he's number one in the division again because you'd have a win in the Derby and the Travers. <laughs> I know. I know. I think you and I both ranked him number one after the Derby because we're like, well, shit, how do you not? He won the Derby. So, yeah. you know, it's like, but he, he, we took him completely off the list after he, he bombed at Belmont. But still, it's like, if he wins here, he's a Derby winner. He's a Travers winner. And he's easily the most frustrating horse imaginable because you're right. Like, the, you know, the NOS bottle only works a quarter of the time. Like, you just don't know. Like, well, it- if he wins the Travers, I pat him on the back for it. But I, I again, we're talking about gambling here. I, I just can't take him. 150 to one, you can. At 150 to one, I can. But again, I just, it's, we're not going to get that, I'm afraid. <laughs> no, 
No, I don't. I, it, the only thing that, that it's going to hurt our thought process here is that he's just a weird enigma that people love, right? So when he enters this race, people, I mean, I don't know. His, his odds, once again, will be lower than they should be based off of this rich strike thing that everyone loved about the Derby and it's, you know, the story and all this bullshit. So it's like people are going to bet him. He was four to one in the Belmont. Which was insanity. And I think, I think Samich was like, he needs to, for me to bet him, he needs to be like 30 to one or 50 to one or something like that. See, he, Gridiron King wouldn't bet him with your money. Not, not even 150 to one. Cause that's, that's what we're talking about here. Um, I, you know, I, I guess if he was to float up to a crazy price, you know, I, no, no, I'm not even going to go there. No, I wouldn't bet him. If you, if we, if, if it came to like, we're somehow playing a ticket and it's like, I'm trying to decide between Gilded Age and Rich Strike on my pick five or whatever, I would put Rich Strike in. I'll say that though. Um, no, I'd take Gilded Age. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, they hate. See, everyone thought I hated Rich Strike. You hate it more than I do. So no, I don't hate any horse. I, what I hate, what I don't like, are horses that are overbet that don't have a chance to win. In my opinion, right? So, I, again, like people, people always say, "Is oh, we they hate those long shots that win." It's like no, like we hate when a horse that is is just impossible to get wins and knocks us out of a ticket. We don't hate the horse for God's sakes. No, like, exactly. He cost Dude. a lot of real betters a ton of money in the Kentucky Derby. And yeah, when you when you put the time and effort into a race or like we do for the whole year and a horse that you didn't even remember was in the race wins it, you just you just you're like you just don't even know how to even process that. Certainly not right after the race. Um and and, and be, like the race was brilliant. It was yeah. it and it was the most insane effort. I've ever seen a person probably it just was you couldn't even believe it you couldn't believe it for three months you know two you know two months um it's just and like you said and like I mentioned earlier the list of horses that are running the Travers what all they've won well a bunch of them were in the derby too and he beat all of them like you said yep And, and so it's not like you can say well this or that and you know he was the field sucked or he got lucky like it was just he just ran huge you got yeah, really, amazing trip and yep yeah you can't take anything away from him and i'm not he was the best horse that day clearly i don't want to hear excuses from everybody else he he was able to beat him right and so that day he was the best and it's a, it is great for those smaller connections to win that race without any doubt i'm not i'm not knocking any of them but this show is about gambling. He is not a good gamble, in my opinion. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I'm very, I'm very, uh, I was, I'll never forget it. I, he is, he is, that was once in a lifetime without any doubt. No, uh, and I did not expect this, but, uh, you know, it just keeps going and the people are getting engaged here. So we'll just keep it going. But no, you know, it's, if he wins Travers, I, it's, He's a fluky horse, but it wasn't a fluke. I think you could say, I, I because what he did in the Belmont, like you can't watch that Belmont and, and say that was the same horse you saw in the Derby. You, and if he wins the Travers, 
they just they're like two different horses well i i think the definition of a fluke uh marla is a horse that or a team that has a game or a race in this case that is just outstanding amongst all the other races they have on their resume so if he was to do it again and all of a sudden it, that the def you know that that defies the definition of a fluke all of a sudden he's done it twice but he can't call it a fluke any longer so i, I think even if he was to win um even a lesser race than the travers if he ran like that again you'd say well it's not a fluke so that's that's what we're saying. Like, yeah, until he does that again, that was a very flukish performance, and the evidence is there. But he can go out there and change the narrative. Uh, maybe maybe uh, ain't life grand will rub off on him. You know, they're stabled right next to each other. So we'll we'll see. Well, that didn't that didn't suck, Brian. So we won't forget it. My friend had the Oaks Derby double secret oath to all. Pretty good. What a play. Yeah. You know. We talked about, you know, we knew some people that played like that, liked, you know, based off of, uh, I think a lot of people did it off of John's strategy when we had him on the show. Like, if you really like a horse, play him second, right? Play him second and play all over it or something. If you think that horse could beat, um, if the thing, you know, could balloon, that's how I think he did with, uh, uh, Mind That Bird, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, to who, of course, he loved Pioneer now. So, in this case, you if you liked, you know, epicenter, well, you if you keyed him second and put all on top, you got paid, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's not impossible to get there in that regard. It was impossible to have him, to use him, I should say. But if you had an all situation in like that, I don't. It it certainly was gettable. I mean, I don't think anybody, if you singled him, you did a real good job. You know? <laughs> if you singled him, there's a fix, the fix is in. And I want, we got a 30 for 30 story coming up on this one. The 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 greatest thing of all is Epicenter was the perfect candidate to play in second. Yeah. So you could have got there. If you played an all over Epicenter exacta, that's, that's really smart. Dude. And the brutal thing was when we were making the guide, we, we, of course we picked Taba. Halterman's still not. I'm a little bit over it because he's my horse, but Halterman definitely isn't. Um, and we talked about playing an all over Taba and how sick would that have been? Because that would have been even worse. Because you had the exact, you had the the perfect strategy and the wrong horse um, keyed underneath. So, anyways, uh, all right, let's do some rapid fire. What do you say? We'll go. We'll really go through these now that we uh, spent half an hour talking about Rich Strike and. <laughs> the Travers. I love it. I love it. And people are excited about the Travers. This is going to be a great race. It's going to be a great day of racing. You can tell people are already fired up um, for this. Uh, and personally, I cannot wait to get on the on the plane heading to New York um, for the Travers. So, time for Rapid Fire presented by BetPTC.com. BetPTC. Bet with the racing dudes at BetPTC and get a $200 new member bonus. BetPTC.com, promo code DUDES, and get that $200 new member bonus. Remember, bet with us at BetPTC. All right, we got uh, four races to talk about here. We're going to do one Friday at Saratoga. We'll start right now with this one. Friday, Saratoga, race eight, the Summer Colony Stakes, 135K for Phillies and Mares, four-year-olds and up. We have not won a graded sweepstakes in 2022. One and one-eighth miles, field of seven. Alterman lines up here. I wanted to, I made sure to use this race because I thought it was a it was kind of like a it's a tough one because you got like the Bonnie South at five to two and you got Evitante Evitant 
at three to one. You got leader of the band four to one. Army wife at seven to two. Like it's kind of the who's who's of like the cut below of this Philly and mare division. I think it's an interesting race to bet. That's why I use this race, but thoughts are here. Yeah, uh, it is a really good race. Uh, I agree. It's kind of those second second tier horses that sometimes can jump up and get to the first tier and run okay. Uh, I'm going to give Army Wife one more sh- one more uh, shot here uh, on the rail. Uh, this horse has hit the board in all three starts this season. Kind of just uh, turned the corner on the debut uh, this year, the debut this year, I should say, and just kind of fell flat a little bit. Finished up a lot better at Thistle. Last time out at Monmouth Park just i don't think like the track very well kind of up against it against search results i think uh the horse today gets a nice inside trip tyler gaffleon jumps back aboard i think she is going to make first run on the leader here which should be misty Vale, the two horse i think army wife's going to be tough so i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna give army wife another shot here at seven to two army wife makes a lot of sense i you know she's just she's a tough one because you just don't know if I couldn't decide because it's like, is she a cut below? She definitely is a cut below than like the top level horses. But when she runs, and I've said this before on the show, when she runs in the right kind of race, she's really tough to beat. We saw that uh, at Thistle Down. Of course, she came back, like you said, and the, the Molly Pitcher was not awesome, but obviously a little bit higher level. So it's at Saratoga. Is it a higher level? Are these horses very good? So she was a little bit interesting to me, especially at seven to two, but. Uh, I'm going to go with the kind of the new shooter, number five, first to act. I think this horse is super interesting coming in here. Uh, the Suge-Irad combo. Irad was aboard this time, this horse last time out in the allowance race at Belmont, going mile 16th. Stretched out for the first time, going to mile 16th that day, uh, and looked awesome. Bumped up her buyer big. Uh, was carrying a lot of weight. Gets low weight here, obviously, in the stakes race. And, you know, she, she certainly is the one of this field, in my opinion, that has the most upside. We've seen her get better with each and every race, a curling uh, four-year-old filly. I mean, she seems like she should be getting into her prime, that those kind of peaking right now into that, like what we can, maybe what Suge thought she would be. Um, and so she is a horse that's definitely going to like, I would assume going to like going this long. And like I said, the numbers have just gradually been better with each and every start. She lost one, lost one. Maybe she's due to lose get second here based off of that. But I just think the field is not great and she can set kind of the perfect kind of stocking trip and you know, six to one, I would much rather take her at six to one than I would take Bonnie South at five to two <laughs> all day, all day. I wouldn't bet Bonnie. I wouldn't bet Bonnie South. And I, and I, and this is, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. I think I said this about Bankit uh, last weekend and, and Bankit won, but I was like, I wouldn't play him at that price. Just personally, I have no interest in him at that price. And he won. So I was wrong. But it, I didn't care because I was like, I just never would have played him there. And just like Bonnie South, I'm not going to play her at 5-2. and two. You know, I'm just not. And that's just – and she might win, but great. If you had her, I just well, – I'm not interested in playing her. And that goes back to the opinion. You might. You know what I mean? You might play her at 5-2. But guess what? That's your opinion. So I can't say shit about it. Um, there you go. Nick likes uh, my, my pick there too. So hopefully mm-hmm. we're in that together. Uh, did you like the 5 at all? Uh, I do. Yeah, I do like the five. I think the five's got a pretty good shot. The up-and-comer against uh, some horses that have been around for a while and at times run well and at times don't. So, yeah, taking the up-and-comer in a race like this, never a bad thing. All right, let's go uh, stay at Saratoga, but let's go to Saturday uh, earlier on the card than on the Alabama day. Race eight, the Lake Placid. Uh, grade two, 200K, Phillies, three-year-olds going one, 116 miles on the turf. 
<laughs> Wonder if Chad will be there or not. We don't know. Field of eight, though, lines up for this one. And he's <laughs> get four, four Chad Browns. So you'd assume. Internet Victor, Consumer Spinning, Dulce, uh, uh, Zell, and Hottie all back to back to back there. But the big shooter here with the moonlight coming in for uh, for Applebee's size gets them out this time. But yeah, that with the moonlight. The Saratoga Oaks winner just wheeling it right back going into this race. I took that as a great sign. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I did as well. Uh, the, the the worry is uh, we do not have Buick. We're going to have Luis Saez aboard. So that's a uh, different uh, jock there than uh, what we've had and, and what's what's uh, been on this horse before. But Saez should do a good job. The horse likes to go to the front. Saez, pretty good speed rider. I thought it was a great sign. Like, why else would you bring her back unless she was doing very, very well? Uh, a little cut back in distance. I don't think that'll hurt her too much at all, uh, actually. So, yeah, I think with the moonlight, we'll be tough in here. I think she's going to get the job done. I, I'm going to play her back. Yeah, I even saw some quotes from Applebee saying um, that that Belmont was like, you know, they, they kind of found out that was as far as they want to send, take her, you know, like as far, you know, that mile and a quarter. I know she had ran a mile and a half. Um, but obviously did not run great that day in the Sioux Oaks. Um, and then, uh, you know, didn't run, it ran well, obviously, but lost. And then kind of came back just a tad in that mile three sixteenth at Saratoga. So he, the fact that cutting back a little bit more tells me, okay, this is the distance we want. This is, and she's doing great. I don't care that it was off, you know, two weeks rest. It's like, it's, this is, by the way, he also mentioned like, this is not a weird thing for us overseas. You know what I mean? Like we, we do this all the time. We'll run them again in two weeks. So over here, it's weird, but if Stuart Appleby, if he says uh, she's good, that's good enough for me. So I think uh, I think he can hold off not one, not two, not three, but four Chad Browns here. Number one with the moonlight, I'm with you. Will Chad be in attendance, though? I, I think he so, will. yes. I think he will be. I think you just play it off like nothing happened. Well, again, if, if you got a misdemeanor, wouldn't you go? I mean, what's, I don't know. Just, As I said, I it's, not about what, it's not about what he did. It's about the, right now anyways, what kind of like what the, what the, you know, what people think about it right now, you know? Yeah. So we'll you. see. It may seem worse right now than it really is. We'll find out more. Race nine. Uh, let's go to Monmouth Park on Saturday. That's right. We'll go to Monmouth. Philip. What a great, and I mean, no disrespect to whoever this is, but the Philip H. Island Stakes, grade three. You you know this race, right? Uh, oh, yeah. 250K for three-year-olds and up, going one one sixteenth miles. Philip six. Well, and I wanted to bring it up because we've got three very interesting horses, obviously highly motivated, who seems to like um, Monmouth Park after that win last time out. Chad Brown, of course. Promise Keeper for Todd Fletcher. And now the Holendorfer trained. Forza de Oro, the jockey club favorite of last year. Forza de Oro's back, dude, and with Holendorfer. So this is a super interesting race. And in my opinion, if Forza is anywhere back to where he was, he'll be damn tough to beat. He will. Uh, I definitely think he's a horse uh, that has a ton of talent. I think the trainer change is going to be interesting. It's also a long layoff. A little bit worried about that. Uh, I think he's definitely one to play. I really think it's a two-horse race between the uh, Forza Oro and Highly Motivated. I'm going Highly Motivated. I really like this horse. I liked the last time uh, this horse ran, and I like the race two back, too. Beat a pretty nice horse in Stage Raider. 
uh, also beat a horse that came back to win very impressively at Saratoga uh, earlier in the meet. And then the horse that uh, that horse beat won today, and that was Mexican Wonder Boy. So uh, you gotta, gotta just name that horse again. So highly motivated for me. I really like this one. I think a mile 16th is where he really belongs. I think that's perfect distance for him. Um, and you know, you gotta root for the good guys in this game. And Chad Brown uh, trains this one. Maybe he'll put him on with, with highly motivated. I don't know. But anyway, I will take highly motivated to win in this spot. Well, if we know anything, we know Monmouth will take him in. There's no doubt about that. So. I went with Forza, man. I I, I I get it. I think it's a one of the three. Highly motivated. It's my, my boy, too. I love that horse. Um, love that effort last time out. But, I, you know, Forza is coming off this layoff is concerning. Obviously, I haven't seen this horse since the Woodward um, back in October of last year. But, boy, is this, is, he's a weird horse. You know, it, it, layoffs has been the name of his game over his career. I mean, that's this, this guy has had a layoff from December 2019 to October of 2020 and then had another layoff from november of 2020 to july of 2021 and guess what he won both of them um so this horse does well off those layoffs i think the bigger concern is the, the trainer switch not that i don't like Hondorfer, but you just don't know kind of what you're going to get out of them versus staying with the bill mod and kind of what happened there but you know, this horse showed a lot of talent, was a favorite of that jockey club that uh, back last year. So the buyer-wise, if this horse can run back to anywhere, really in the last four or five races that he ran in his career, he'll be awful tough to beat. He'll be a – but to me, you got – it's almost a pick em, right? Like between those two. I don't think – it's a very fine line between the one and the three. I'm – I'm going to lean towards Paco a little bit here, though. I think he gets the, gets the job done for my Forza. So, yeah, uh, Paco's the man. There you go. He likes Paco, too. So, I got number one, Forza Dioro. All right, let's go to let's go to Del Mar. This is easily, in my opinion, um, the toughest race. And I say that, and I turned out I picked one of the favorites because I didn't have the odds when I picked the, uh, the race. But let's go to Saturday, Del Mar, race eight, Del Mar Oaks, grade one, 300K for Phillies three-year-olds. Going one and eight miles on the turf. And dude, if there's one thing we know about Del Mar this year, it has been full fields, which makes life hell for a handicapper. But they're fun races. Field of 14 on the turf at Del Mar, going to mile and eighth. Alter, what could go wrong? Well, I, I hate to take the favorite, but I did end up taking the favorite in the spot. And yeah, again, hats off to Del Mar. This meet has been great. Uh, I have not been a huge fan of the Del Mar meets the last couple of years. It's been a little light. This is not. It's been fantastic. It, it, it makes for such great racing because you get Saratoga and then Del Mar's on, and it's like, man, it's all day and then all night, wherever you, depending on where you live. Uh, they've done a great job, 14 here, but I think Spinderella's the best. Look, this horse was a monster in three starts over here. He, she went to Ascot. He got second and ran really, really hard. Uh, I think the post is a little tricky here. That's gonna gonna play a factor, but I think she's faster than the rest of these. I think she can kick clear of them. This is the first time we've seen this horse stretch out past a mile. The breeding says she's gonna love it. So if she can get out on that high cruising speed and, and kind of not slow down, she could run a lot of these into submission. I like horses that have early speed that stretch out at distance that have a pedigree that says they'll handle it. Um, I like Spinderella in the spot a lot. I'm going to go with her on top. 
Yeah, you know, I think she's, I think she's the most likely winner of the race. Let's put it that way. She's got a ton of class. Obviously, that race overseas was great. Um, I think, you know, the reason I was, I, I'm playing against her in some regards. I'll use her on on my tickets, but for my top pick. You know, a little bit of that layoff, not a big layoff, but a little bit of layoff. Um, the overseas, obviously, layoff. Um, and then, of course, the, the drawn out in the parking lot. That I think that's going to, you know, not that a mile and eight is totally concerning, but still, Grand Motion's not going to throw her in this race unless she's got a great chance to win. I, I honestly, I was between her and, and Bella Bell, the two. And then, all of a sudden... Number five, Carol Memories just shoots off at me. I'm like, oh, man, I, I'm starting to like this horse. Go back and watch the Belmont Oaks replay and just key on Carol Memories. That's all I would ask. If you if you really like With the Moonlight, which we do, we're picking her to win the same day. She, I mean, Carol Memories ran super hard against her. And for the mile and eighth, which is what this race is, she was right there with, with the Moonlight. And, of course, with Moonlight, um, you know, sprinted on and you know she finished ended up finishing fifth of course the distance mile and a quarter it's not her thing but at a mile and eight she's two for two she likes del mar i i was honestly hoping for five to one i i get it nick trust me if it, i know i know there's the key though here's the key she'll be on or near the lead so what could go wrong right just don't oh, mess with boy. it don't don't mess with anything just go um no, that should tell you how much I like her because that superseded the Mike Smith factor. Life is good says a lot can go wrong when Mike Smith is <laughs> and I'm on the lead. Hey, all I'll say is this. I'll be using the two. I'll be using whatever, 11, and I'll be using the five. Go watch the Belmont Oaks and watch Carol Memories, who, by the way, Mike Smith was riding that day. And just before you make a decision to not use her, just watch that effort. I thought it was very impressive. By the way, she rattled off two wins in a row prior to that. Um, just saying, I think she's dangerous at this distance. I wish we got a little bit better prize, John. I wish you could do something about that price, right? Uh, um, uh, but hey, are you using Care Memories, Halterman? I got to know how much you hate that pick. Or is it Mike Smith is swaying you off? I like Bella Bell better than uh, Cairo Memories in this spot. And I thought that's who you'd be on because we were all over that horse. Uh, last time in the San Clemente, and boy, did she run well. Um, I thought yeah. I, I, that's why I like second. I, Cairo, yeah, I could see it. I could definitely see it, but I would have her third. I'm, I'm a little like I said. I'm, I when I did this around handicapped it last night. I thought, oh, give me. I'm looking for a little bit of a price, big field. Give me five, six to one on Carol Memories. That's perfect. That's what I'm looking for here. You know, Cinderella draws outside. How you know, Bella Bell, obviously I like, but. I thought, why is Bella Bell five to one and three to one on Carol Memories? I think I would swap those maybe, but um, I know John's listening, so <laughs> no, I'm not being critical of it. That's just my opinion. Uh, I would, I'm hoping Carol floats up a little. Bit. Love it, love, love the Dude, insult for our listeners. Yeah, no, it's a backhanded compliment, right? Um, yeah. Listen, but we're not going to get picks on this, but we had to bring this race up because if you guys don't know, and Halsman didn't even see the field yet before this, so I showed him. Tuesday, that's right, Tuesday at, let me scroll down, Parks, Tuesday, keep this in mind, the Smarty Jones, the grade three Smarty Jones uh, for three-year-olds, 300K race, you're getting the big boys, at least the big jockeys in, Pratt and Irad and all these guys, Flo and Jose, they're all in here, 
Look at this race. You got Golden Chemist and Pirate of the Medina, creative ministers in the race, uh, best actor. So you, it's uh, it's something to watch. You know, Safi and Jose teaming up on a nine or a twelve to one, the nine horse. Okay. You know what you're doing on Tuesday now, Alterman. I know you'd be doing it anyways. Let's be honest. But I was to say, I think I think I'd be watching this anyways. Uh, yeah, this is gonna be an interesting race for sure. <laughs> I don't know. Best actor, maybe. I, I kind of like that horse a little bit. Um, I don't know. That's gonna be a tough one. I haven't I haven't analyzed that one yet. I, I've got time though. I've got time. You, you do have time. Um, and I, I just you can't. T- I mean, you can't touch. Yeah. I mean. So I know he's gonna he's gonna Creative Minister is just he's just gonna run this like you you can't touch Creative Minister until proven otherwise. I I'm very interested in this Golden Alchemist horse uh, for Chad Brown. Yeah, that's the horse that lost to Saint Tappet on debut. Of course, yep. Saint Tappet comes back to win. I was actually uh, at Saratoga the next race for Golden Alchemist when he broke his maiden. Whoo! Did he look good? Boy, he looked good that day. So. Um, yeah, I'm very interested in that horse. Yeah, and Vicky says, Jared taking Mike Smith on the turf isn't as surprising as Samich taking Ricardo Santana on turf at Saratoga. We must be on something then, apparently, Vicky. Um, because that is surprising. That is surprising as well. All right, that's it. Do you have anything else to add, Rapid Fire? I think that's well, as... have you, have you, uh, no, I'll just throw it to me for the close. <laughs> All right. That's a wrap for Rapid Fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the time we have. Check us out at racingnews.com for our free picks and, of course, our premium selections on our Handicap Products page. Just click the Get Racing News Premium button at the menu at racingnews.com to learn more. We're now offering uh, free premium picks. So every day we're offering a track completely for free um, on the site. All you got to do is just go to the premium page there. You'll see under subscriptions, uh, daily free premium picks, or if you just search for, or if you look on the menu of free picks, free premium picks, not hard to find. Um, and we're giving away every day. We have a track that's free, so you can kind of see exactly how we do it and what it looks like. We also have all the what you get with the rockets, what you get with the Somo bombs, what you get with premium, um, all that good stuff, all available there on that page. And you can see the payouts and everything. Uh, just free premium picks. Uh, the new page there at RacingNews.com. So if you're kind of on the fence on how to play this, of course, we have the Travers Wagering Guide as well. So it's a great time to become a premium subscriber. You get that guide for free. We'll have that pre-selling uh, probably tomorrow. I'll have it out. Uh, the pre-sale for that will be, it's a big one, right? So the bankroll will be back. Halsburn and I will be teaming up for the bankroll again. We'll be there live betting them uh, with you guys. Uh, we'll have top four consistent picks. Sarah took a slim. going to make an appearance. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be off the hook. Can't wait. The Travers Make sure you look for that on the website at racingdudes.com. Uh, make sure you watch uh, the Magic Mike show. Uh, the, all the same channels that we're on, Bleakers Off, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all those great. Anytime you, anywhere you listen to podcasts, the Magic Mike show and Blinkers Off are on there. We're on Twitter at Racing underscore Dudes, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can find all episodes of Bleakers Off on our website as well and our YouTube page. You just go to youtube.com slash Racing Dudes. Halterman. What do you got? All right. Here's a big question. Is a hamburger a sandwich? Yeah. Okay. There you go. Dr. Tang says no. What is it then? It's a burger. What? 
what <laughs> first of all i any menu you ever see sandwiches it's it's under that right i guess some places have burgers hmm. but you got two pat you got a patty you got a you got meat a bun and a bun on top and bottom what do you have on a turkey sandwich meat bun bun same thing so the overall, uh, everybody is pretty much saying yes. It, it is a burger. A burger is a sandwich. Samich has convinced me that a burger is a sandwich. Uh, Heather also agrees. So, Wait, you didn't think yeah. it was at first? Huh? You didn't think it was at first? No, I thought, oh, no, a burger is a burger. No, it is a sandwich. We looked up the definition, and it, by definition, oh it is a sandwich. So this has been going on in the Magic Mike show uh, for the last few days and the uh, the Daily Show. Um also, is a taco a sandwich? No. How about a hot dog? Mm. No, hot dog's a hot dog. Okay. Well, so what's the difference? Because the bun is connected? Yeah, I think a better question would be, is the taco a hot dog or a hot dog a taco? <laughs> is a hot dog a taco? I like that. Well, think about it. You got a piece of bread slash or, or cooked bread or however you with that's connected with meat in the middle. Right. Well, Tomic says a taco is a sandwich. But the thing is, like, you don't say, do you want like if you're if you're eating a brat, you say, do you want a brat? Do you want a hot dog? Do you want a hot dog? You know, do you you know want a pole of sausage? Do you want you know you don't say, do you want this piece of meat on a on bread so you don't say do you want the sandwich so i i think that's what separates it what mm. boy you know what it's making me think twice though now because no one ever says like hey you want a sandwich and I hand you a burger boy you know what i didn't think i'd think this hard this this late in the day but that's a thinker what brought that up they talked about it on Magic Mike, and, and people have been freaking out on all of our shows since <laughs> we bring it up. <laughs> Not freaking out. I shouldn't say freaking out. They've been, it's been very uh, festive, the conversations. Um, yeah, see, like, again, yeah, Vicky says anything sandwich between bread is a sandwich. Yeah. Uh, tacos don't count. Vicky also says, why isn't a hot dog a sandwich? It's two pieces of bread and meat. Mm. Well, you know, like at some like barbecue places and stuff, you can get like hot link sandwiches, right? Yeah. Which is basically a hot dog or not a hot dog, but sausage cut up, sliced up on a on a on bread, right? On between two slices of bread, that makes it a sandwich. So you don't call sausage on hot dog bun a sandwich, right? See, I, I, I tend to lean with Nick. It's one piece of bread. Yeah. So that makes it a little bit different. Yeah. Um, I don't think a taco is a sandwich. I don't think a quesadilla is a sandwich either. No. Anybody that calls quesadilla a sandwich needs to be mentally checked. Oh, that's savage. <laughs> I, 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 like I said. <laughs> hey, what about this? Is an ice cream sandwich a sandwich? Oh, gosh. Boy, you know, yeah, it has to be. But it doesn't have bread or meat. 
<laughs> it's an ice cream. Tr- I don't know, man. Ice. I guess not. <laughs> did it, did, 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 did it become a sandwich while you're eating it? <laughs> <laughs> so she said. Just saying. Boy, this is. It's not well. Then what do you call it, then, Vicky? And I'm with you. I like an ice cream sandwich like the rest of us, but that's what I've called it my 36 years of my life. So, if it's not a sandwich, what is it? Just an ice cream chocolate treat? It's a, Vanilla, it's a dessert, is what Samich said. I want to go with a re- to a restaurant with Samich. Uh, well, next time we go to a restaurant with Samich, I want to and I'm going to say, "Hey, you got to order like you think these are called." So, I order a quesadilla, the sandwich. <laughs> like I said, this has been going on since Monday. They, those idiots started it. They insulted Dr. Tang, so. Our HR department is uh, definitely looking into that still. Um, yeah, <laughs> the debate rages on. I figured, did, did Magic not have some, you know, an analytical approach to this? Figured he would. Actually, Samich is the one that's went wild with it. Magic was just like, yeah, a burger's a sandwich, and then he just wanted to move on, and Samich got very analytical with it. Uh, Samich talked to Papa Dude and I for about 30 minutes off the air to uh, Wednesday about the, uh, the sandwich situation. What's what's Papa Dude say? Papa Dude uh, does believe that a hamburger is a sandwich. He 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 is on board with that, uh, but he starts to draw the line when tacos and quesadillas come into play. <laughs> Good. Well, you know what? I I respect your dad. I, I think I stand. I stand. I stand with him. <laughs> He's not a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad we. Uh, Glad we have handled this. Any any hard, other hard hitting questions? Uh, okay. So the final question: You are a Chiefs fan, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes. People over under aware of that the over other under season win total for the Chiefs ten and a half. Over or under ten and a half for the Chiefs? Uh, gosh, I think it's it's close to that ten mark. That's what that's a good line. I think it's over, but they have a tough schedule, you know, not, you know, no reason why they don't because they, you know, but their division is unbelievable. So you got to play all those guys twice. I mean, you're, you're playing, you got to play pretty much all the best quarterbacks in the league. You guys assume, I mean, hell, a lot of people are picking the chiefs third in our division even. So it's, I, I still think it's over though. I think people are wildly underrating the the offense. I think the problem is the division when you're talking about over under totals. Like I think the Chiefs are a playoff team. I think everybody in that division might finish with it within that nine to eleven mark with wins. So I think that's the dicey thing about playing the Chiefs over 10 and a half. I'm with you. I think it's a good line. I think they're going like 11 and 6 or 10 and 7, one of the two. It's certainly not going to be as easy as, you know, like, because here's the thing. Most years you say, well, we can sweep the Raiders. We can sweep the Broncos. And we might split, you know, the Chargers. Now, 
you're hoping to split both of them, you know, all three games, all three teams, really, because the division is really that good. Um, and then on top of that, you got week one, who you kick off with, but the Cardinals, which, I mean, them all fresh and healthy, that's tough. You know, mm-hmm. you got you got to play the revamped Colts. They're not, that's not going to be totally uh, easy game. You got to play the Bucks, Tom Brady. You got to play the Bills. You got to play the 49ers, who I think are going to be better. You got to play the Titans. Uh, you got to play the Rams. You got to play the Bengals. I mean, that's not <laughs> those not division games are tough, and the, and that's just how it works. But it's it certainly makes. I think the season could is going to be tough at first, just because you know you got to start with Arizona, Chargers, Colts, Tampa. You know that offense is going to take a little bit, but I, I just, I'm, I think the narrative will change quite quickly from, oh man, how are they going to handle this without Tyreek? To, gosh, he's got, they got too many weapons. They do have a lot of weapons. I mean, I, I, I think they could be pretty darn good and go ten and seven. That's it. You know, that's just it. Because it, you know, uh, the Chiefs. I'm sorry. I think they're a bit worse than they were last year without him. And I think I mean he's a he's a game changer, no doubt. Yeah, and I think the other teams are better than they were last year. Um, so it's that division is going to be fun. Every week is going to be fun. Plus, you got the guy out in San Diego who can't coach a lick. And how are they going to blow games? You know. Like, yeah, Chargers will be Chargers. Raiders, and it's like, yeah, they'll probably do something dumb, you know. And, and so, and then does Russell Wilson have anything left? It's interesting. It's a really interesting division this year. I think it's a really good opportunity. And you know, you say what we say: we get when you have challenges, you call them opportunity. <laughs> um, a good opportunity for the Chiefs to and Mahomes to to grow into this new offense and and the defense, obviously. Um, has improved at least on paper has improved and so you know in younger and faster you would think and so they're gonna have to carry a little bit more of the load but ultimately you would think this is gonna make the team a little bit more of a well-rounded team where you don't have that Tyreek streaking down the field for 80 you know that kind of carry you if you need it kind of thing this is like you're gonna have to really play and that's gonna make Mahomes be a better player i assume but he still got Mahomes, right <laughs> that's that's the thing so I, I think i think they'll be just fine i i do think this what happened was a necessary i mean obviously i would have loved to have kept tyreek but for what he wanted we gave him everything we could and he didn't take it right you know so it's like long term big picture you had to do that short term yeah the season might be tough but can they get out 11 wins. I think they can, but it's a tough line. I mean, I, I don't know that I would touch it to be honest with you. Cause I, cause I still think they can make the playoffs with 10 wins, right? Yeah. Easily. There's one thing that I'll never get right. It's this. I cannot say the LA chargers. I just can't like, I can call the former Redskins, the football team and the commanders without any trouble. Never. I always stumble on that one. It just doesn't feel like they're in L.A. still. I don't know why. The Rams, I have no problem with. Me neither, because they were in L.A. before. Right, and no one cared about St. Louis Rams. So. Right, correct. Um, but, yeah, I think it, 
Uh, let's see. Kelsey will be a lock for, yeah, I mean, he'll be, he'll have a huge year. Um, and I, I think, I think Juju will be a really good possession receiver. I personally like MVS. I think he's way, uh, kind of under, underrated a little bit. Um, certainly no one compares Tyreek, but I do think, by the way, did you see, uh, any of our Raiders fans out here? Did you, did you guys, what do you think about D-Rob? Get signed D-Rob. We get rid of him. You sign him. <laughs> and you cut him already. What's that tell you? Mahomes made D-Rob look pretty good, like above yeah. average anyways, in the, at Kansas City. He played there for, I think he was there four, four or five years, before even before. Um, and they cut him. So yeah. anyways. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that the talent is even, even though we got rid of Tyreek, I think the talent up from a spectrum is a little bit larger in terms of across the board. Just we not, talked just, about that. We talked about that a lot. They didn't. Their, their other receivers past those top two were just awful, and that proves it right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go, Nick. I agree. I liked. I I liked him. I had him on my fantasy team uh, last year. I liked watching him play. I thought he's he's a big guy. He's fat, but he's quick. He's not Tyreek quick, but he's quick for being how big he is. And so, um, he I think he'll help kind of stretch the field a little bit and. Who the hell knows, right? What's Josh Gordon? What's he? I don't know. I mean, I this, they still got him, but he hasn't been cut yet. But um, something's got to happen. He got some looks in preseason. It did not work. Did not go well. So, um, yeah, I'm honestly thinking, uh, <laughs> not to give away our draft, Halterman, but you don't give a shit. So, I'm like. Mahomes, Kelsey, that'll be my first two picks. I don't even care that you don't take quarterback in the first round. I don't care. I just want them. We do a keeper league, so I plan on keeping Mahomes. So who won that league last year, Jared? Oh man, I gotta think about it. I'm not totally sure. I think he got hot really, got really hot late. Was it you, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> who was it? Did were, didn't you have? Uh, uh, who was it that got you got someone that got real hot for your team? I had a guy named Joe Burrow. He didn't do yeah. too bad. Yeah, that's right. And I had another guy named Najee Harris. He didn't do too bad either. Um, yeah, pretty good. Well, Dave, Clyde Hilaire, Buster Breakout. This is it, right? This is his year. He's got. It's got to be one of the two, or else he's gone. I think he's. I think he's been completely underwhelming since we drafted him, and I'm more on the fence of bust. bust. I just don't think he's. He doesn't – here's the thing. Since we've had him, I've been more excited when, you know, the other guy has gotten action. You know, like it, it just – he just doesn't seem like he – it's like the talent's there, but he just doesn't – it doesn't explode through the holes. I knew – I way I said that, I was waiting. I just knew that, you know, you got exposed to the holes, Halterman. He, he doesn't do it. He, he, to, to put it in a better terms, he, he has not shown the explosiveness you thought he would have. No, so this is but this is a make or break year. Um, they're not going to cut him, obviously, but I have not heard that he looks fantastic. Um, and of course, he's got some injury concerns as well. So we'll see. Um, they got quite the rotation over there right now. Uh, people, you know, Ronald Jones is over there now with the, the Chiefs. Uh, that new, uh, we got a rookie that Pacquiao, Pat, whatever his name is. He's uh, he's been looking really good and in camp so we'll see you know the thing is like the andy reed offense and like one of those guys will be good right you know 
They maybe they maybe really, not running the ball, but it'd be out of the backfield. They really miss Damian Williams. Tell me about it. They haven't really replaced that. And well, before him, obviously Kareem Hunt and what happened there was terrible. Um, but yeah, maybe they could get him back. He's wanting to trade. I know. That's they people have been talking about it. They're like, no, we're not doing that. Don't blame him. He's he's a beast though. Can you imagine if we had like, uh, you know, Charles with Mahomes? That would be pretty unbelievable. Yeah. That would have been could nice. Have been. Could have been. Can't have it at all, Chiefs fans. All right, that's a wrap, guys. It's great. I love it. I'm glad that we got to talk a little football here, you know? I did it for you and for the kids. What did, uh, well, yeah, which the kids care. Magic Mike Show, make sure you go check them out. They did episode 400 today. I don't know what they did. The special, did you watch that? They didn't do anything. Well, guess they don't care. I thought <laughs> they had big hoopla. So I, I tuned I in for a second. They did. And I didn't Magic, watch it. Magic, Magic was wearing something goofy, so. Um, I didn't watch it. <laughs> they did the Saturday Late Pick 5 Saratoga, so go get their analysis in here. Whatever the hell they did on the show. Uh, again, Travers Guide. Make sure you guys look for that uh, this weekend. That's it, Halterman. It's been real. Been fun. Been real fun. Right? All right, I'm Jared Welch. He's an Halterman. Good luck with you guys. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. <laughs> if you do not agree with this, you're cursed. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first. 